Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We hit the field light! All day light! All night light! Here we go, here we go! Keep it on, keep it on, keep it on! This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into another edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Rapine along with Daryl Ryder. We are your beat writers for 923thefan and 923thefan.com. A quick reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast, including our website, 923thefan.com. Daryl's on Twitter, at WriterWrongFan. I'm on Twitter, at James Erpine. We have a lot to get to today. We've done a ton of Browns over the past couple weeks with Odell Beckham Jr. and more. This week, it's all about the tribe. Daryl, as we record this on a Wednesday morning, one day away from the start of baseball, one day away from Indians baseball, opening day at Progressive Field just a few days away this Monday, I'm excited. Are you? I, I was until the owner started running his mouth. Yeah, I, I hear you. All right, we'll get to that. Suck the wind right out of my sails. I am excited for the return of baseball, though. Yeah. It, is it, it just the return of baseball? Like, I, it's, I just, watched it's the, been a long time. I'm ready for it to come back. I'm ready for, for my summer to, to be built around baseball. I watched the Braves and the Reds yesterday play a preseason game. So, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. On, wow. ML, on MLB Network. That makes before, one of us. Before I went to uh, before I went to the, the Cavs game. Uh, I got to be honest. I Spring training baseball, obviously, you take it all with a grain of salt. They played it in Atlanta. It was at uh, whatever that uh, I'm glad it's ballpark done. is. Glad it's done. Well, yeah. I mean, so uh, glad. I don't think anyone enjoys like the preseason oh. of any sport. Someone told me. I and, hate training and, and camp I, in the preseason. I hate the NBA preseason. Like, I, I hate it all. I, I get it. But, like, you know, I I was jonesing for a little baseball fix yesterday, and that's what was on. So I watched, like, five innings of it. That's why it's exciting that baseball's back. Because there are times when you're like, oh, I, I want to put something on the TV, some kind of sport, and there's nothing on. NBA is not on until later. College Hoops is about to end. Now baseball's here to rescue you. I mean, I could have put like is. soccer on no U- way, Univision, on. but I just wouldn't then be able to understand any of the announcers what they yeah, say. Yeah, I pass. Although I, I, I do do this now, like movies I can recite by heart. I watch them in Spanish. No, what? I, I do. It's fantastic. It's great. I don't know what you're the talking. most the most recent one that I watched is because I I have all the HBO channels. Oh my god! And so yeah. and and so I. Like I watched Anchorman the other Do you day know Spanish? in Spanish. No, not really. <laughs> so why? Because it was fun. Because here's the thing: I know the dialogue. Daryl has too much from, time on his hands. For, from start to finish, I know the dialogue just for fun. For fun. Maybe I learned a little Spanish too along the way. For fun. No habla español. Milk was a bad choice. How do you say that in Spanish? I have no idea. Yeah, well, that's one of the key lines in Anchorman. All right, we have a lot to get to. Indians wise, we're going to discuss Paul Dolan. We'll take your questions about the team coming up in a bit. But let's start there. Let's start with Dolan because that's – now when you think of the Indians, 
that's what comes to mind. Like, he's the headliner. It isn't, when's Frankie going to be healthy? Oh, this rotation's really good. Oh, Tito's the man. It's not baseball-wise. Like, the Indians over the past couple of weeks, uh, in really the offseason, but definitely the past couple of weeks, have hammered home that they needed to scale back the payroll. The owner comes out, talks with Anthony Castrovince. Then he comes out, talks with The Athletic. And he does that each time, and you can um, read quotes and stuff like that on our website at 923thefan.com from both pieces. What is interesting to me about that is now going into opening day, going into the season, a season that they're still the favorites to win the division. We're not talking about baseball. We're not talking about injuries. We're not talking about baseball-related things. We're talking about the owner, whether or not he should sell the team. And it's a nightmare. And I wrote about it on our website, and I just I can't believe they okayed it. And I, I do think Paul Dolan's a smart man. There's got to be some greater, and maybe not. Maybe there isn't a greater plan here. But the comments he's made, with not being able to pay pay Frankie, the the day we sign a, a three hundred million dollar contracts, the day the rest of the league signing billion dollar contracts, the day like all of that stuff. Maybe there's a method to his madness, but it also might be a rich guy showing pride and trying to hammer home, hey. We are what we are, all right? And we've put out a pretty good team, and, and that bothers me because someone should have stopped him and said, don't say that. Some things are better left unsaid. He shouldn't have said what he said. Not a single word that comes out of Jimmy Haslam's mouth or D. Haslam's mouth is not vetted through the PR department, okay? Um, I mean, I, I remember press conferences with Jimmy Haslam where he his turn to the PR guy and said, oh, oh sorry, want to make sure I'm staying on message. Like, he's come out and said that. Um, I, I don't know what the hell... Paul Dolan's trying to get across other than they're too damn poor to own the team. Fans don't care. Yes, I understand object just objectively looking at the Indians and 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 I I respect tremendously what they've been able to do organizationally. I've said it time and time again in spite of my criticism over the years and my criticism over the years has been directed squarely at ownership. And um fans just don't care about your finances. They don't care. Mm-hmm. And when you constantly reinforce to your fans, like he just did, that we can't afford to spend money to put a championship team on the field, that we're basically hoping that something just bounces our way and we win it, it th- that is the worst message you can send to your paying customers. And Cleveland is a fickle baseball town as it is. Yes, there are the 10,000 diehard fans at Progressive Field. You're going to see this, James. Opening day, it'll be packed. It's going to be great. It'll be fun. The next day, there's going to be 5,000 people in the stands for for the second game. I'm telling you right now, and it's going to be like that all through April and well into May. They might occasionally hit fifteen to 20,000 a couple of days in Bobblehead those months. Bobblehead days, weekends, right. fireworks. But, but 20,000 in the ballpark is a good day for the Cleveland Indians from an attendance standpoint, Okay. And, and I'm not criticizing the fans before everyone wants to jump down my throat. And, and, and I'm not criticizing fans for not going to the ballpark. I understand both sides. You know, first of all, I'm not going to tell fans how to spend their money. Um, but I, I just, I think that the Dolans, since they bought the team, have reinforced from day one that they aren't going to spend money on the team. And, it, that's, and here's the that's, problem. That, that, that's a problem. And you're in this window right now where you have two to three years left in your window to win it all. And you have to be all in. I saw an argument about Dan Gilbert and how he spent 
50 to 60 million. I forget what the exact number was. The year they won the championship, they were in the luxury tax. In fact, they were in the luxury tax all four years LeBron was here. Uh, but he had to cut a check for like 50 to $60 million for the luxury tax because they had the highest payroll in the league. They were a multiple you know, tax offender or whatever. And that was probably the best $60 million out of, of his own money that Dan Gilbert will ever spend because it, it, it netted a championship. And that's what the Dolans need to do. The problem is, is I don't think that they're capable of doing it. And when you constantly remind your fans that we're not capable, all right, and that was like the biggest problem I had during the Shapiro years. I was extremely critical of the Indians during the Shapiro years. We went through this when they traded CC Sabathia and they traded Cliff Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it and, and that's where my ill feelings toward Indians ownership really boiled over. Was when Mark Shapiro sat there and said, "We just hope to be the Marlins someday, and you know, compete every four to five years possibly, and then when we get in October, you know, maybe some magic happens and and you know." Things go our way and we can win it. But that's what we're hoping for. And they had this very defeatist attitude. And the messaging from Mark Shapiro then, and it should be the messaging today. Yes. The economic system in Major League Baseball is tilted against us. It is going to be very difficult for us to keep Francisco Lindor. However, our charge is to win a championship. Our charge is to win the World Series and end the longest drought now in Major League Baseball. We are committed to doing what it takes to make that happen. That's what the message should be. That's our job. Regardless of the economic realities that we're faced with, whatever, our charge is to try and win, and we are committed to doing that. Now, now, statements are not sworn testimony, okay? Privately, you say, well, there's no way in hell we can keep Francisco Lindor. Everybody knows that. Don't come out and say it because now, guess what? All Every time Francisco Lindor is at bat, all I'm thinking about is, okay, well, the countdown continues. This is now He's now down to his X amount at bat with the Indians. But that's yeah. the thing. And you if know? I'm a fan, I'm not going out to buy a Lindor jersey for my kid. Right. He's gone. In the message, it's very simple. When Paul Dolan was asked about Francisco Lindor's future, he should have said, we're going to do everything we can to keep him. Exactly. We're going to try to keep him. And if, you know, who knows what happens, but we're going to do everything we can try we're not to, making do it, yeah. to keep him. We're and, not and making any way, promises. We're not making promises, but we're going to do our best to keep him. And in two years, if they traded him because he turned down every extension, right. then guess what? People would have understood. Yeah. People would have understood. I will say this, though, and I, I've been very critical in my writing of the Indians the past couple of days. Um especially the the piece that we talked about before, where I I just, there was no reason for him to say anything that he said to the athlete. A lot of that stuff just, it makes fans angry after an offseason of not spending. You know, you you had an offseason that was extremely underwhelming. Your Q rating or approval rating right now would be low anyway. And you come out and you do that and you just put it in the pits. Makes no sense. Here's the thing, though. Your best outfielder last year just, Went to the team that swept your ass in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, and you declined his option. Right. He had an option for this year, a team option. Right. You so, declined it, and then you let him walk for 15 uh, per. Again, I respect and understand the economic reality that the Indians deal with. The ballpark isn't full every night. Um, their TV deal at one time was a great deal, but now it's 50% of what the, the Tampa Bay Rays Yeah, are, why'd are they sign in. for so damn long? Well, That's a long deal. Um, Whew. You know... 
Uh, for the next decade, eight years, eight more know, years on that. So, so I understand that stuff, but stop crying poor because your fans do not care. I do not care. If you cannot afford, and I tweeted this, if you cannot afford in a window of contention to compete, if what you did the last two years, because to give them credit, they did spend sure. the last two years. Yep. But if that's all you could afford to do was spend for two years, and you had said, "Oh, oh we got to tighten it up now. We, we we can't keep doing this." You need to sell the you need to sell the baseball team because these windows don't come along where you have two MVP candidates, three Cy Young candidates on your team at one time. Which, oh by the way, you're not even paying close to market value. None of them you're, are making market you're, value you're, zero. Your payroll right now, yes, it's at what 115 million. I'm ballparking it right now. Yeah, your payroll probably should be at 200 million if you were paying market value. All right. You have to seize these opportunities. And if it costs you 150 effing million dollars in payroll per year for the next three years, I don't give a bleep. Do it. And it's worth it. Because it's worth it to break that stigma. Because now, every time, think about this. I don't think Dan Gilbert's a good owner. No. Like, Like, we're glorifying Jimmy Haslam right now, who hasn't gotten it right. The Browns have been bad for 20 years. Okay, and, we're and looking, he's been here uh, for six of them. I, I know, and we're looking at Dan Gilbert and like, oh yeah, Dan Gilbert. At least he spent. He's not considered a great NBA owner. No one outside of no one thinks he's a good owner. Paul Dolan in the Indians, and I get their beef. Their gripe is, oh well, you know we we have the the best well run franchise. Our model works to a degree, but if you're not willing to go all in to win, and then do it again and do it again. You're telling your fans what winning isn't necessarily the most important thing. Business is my, yeah, my and, bottom line and, is what's important to me, and that's why Dan Gilbert all of a sudden has the edge. Not because he keeps his GMs, which he should have kept David Griffin. Not because any of that, because he was willing to sign checks. He and wrote take a the money sixty hit. million dollar luxury tax check. So but I don't Cavaliers, think he's a good owner. I again, I don't. I neither do I. I wish. I wish. The Dolans had Dan Gilbert's money and spending willingness. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if Dan Gilbert owned the Cleveland Indians, they'd be a cluster f and disaster. But they'd spend. They, they, they <laughs> and it'd be all bad money. Correct. Because the, he wouldn't. He wouldn't promote GMs. Uh, or uh, he would. He's done that. Kobe Altman obviously was an internal promotion, but he wouldn't keep GMs. He wouldn't pay to keep. He, them. He wouldn't keep the managers. He, you know, Tito Francona wouldn't probably be here. So, if I could take Dan Gilbert's wealth and mix it with the Dolans' management, okay, the because again, the Dolans have done an extremely good job managing the Cleveland Indians. They've hired smart, intelligent people. Mm-hmm. Those smart, intelligent people have delivered to their best of it, uh, their abilities for the most part a quality product on the field, minus a good chunk of the, the 2000s there. Um, but, you know, it just they are hamstrung financially. But you just – you can't keep reminding your fans that you're hamstrung financially because you've told them we can't afford to be all in. Can you imagine if Dan Gilbert in 2007 would have said, enjoy LeBron while he's here? We're not going to be able to pay what he's oh, going to make God. on the open. But can you imagine? 
That's yeah. what that's what Paul Dolan said with Francisco Lindor. And I yeah. get it. It's different because of salary cap and max money and all that stuff in the NBA. Fine. You have a blueprint for what Lindor is going to make, 30 to $35 million, which is about what LeBron James makes. It's That's not insane to me. Like, Frankie is one of those lone exceptions. I think it's crazy to pay Bryce Harper for 13 years. Right. I think it's crazy to play uh, pay Miguel Cabrera, who's notably uh, not been in shape for the majority of his career, even though he's been a hell of a baseball player. Francisco Lindor projects to be good for the next decade. Mm-hmm. He's the type of talent that you do try to keep around. He's the type of talent that, from a, fi- a financial standpoint, both getting fans butts in seats, um, both winning, etc., like, he helps you win. Like, it might be smart to pay yeah. him $35 million per year and try to win and build around it. Well, and, and but again, I, I understand why they can't do it. But I, I go back to what I, what I said earlier, and that was the messaging here should have been simple. We're going to try our best to keep Frankie Lindor. We're not making any promises, but we're going to try. Our goal is to win. Our, our financial constraints are not our fans' problem or concern. They're ours, but we are committed to winning. Our goal is to win a World Series. We're doing everything, and we'll continue to do everything in our power to make that happen, regardless of whatever circumstances we as owners of this ball club and stewards of this franchise have to deal with. That's what the messaging should have been. That's what the messaging should have been from day one that they bought the team. That's what it should have been for the last 20 years. It's not. It's just been we're just too broke and too poor to be able to spend like everybody else, so you're just going to have to deal with it. And... You know, and again, you just you suck the life out of your fans going into a season that everyone should have been pumped. Team's going to make the playoffs, win the division for a fourth straight year. Uh, he even should have said, and again, statements and interviews are not sworn testimony. You know what he should have said in that interview too, even if he was would have lied through his teeth at the trade deadline. Our front office is going to have the flexibility to. Add to the ball club. Well, they have had that over the past couple of I, years. I understand it, but so I'm saying I think he should have still be there. No, but he should have reinforced that too. Mm-hmm. That hey, the roster we have today doesn't necessarily mean that's the roster we're going to have on. We're going to go 1st. for it if we feel like we're in it, right? Mm-hmm. And he should have delivered that message as well. So complete and utter public relations failure on the part of ownership, on the part of their public relations staff. That is a failure. And so now, all the buzz and all the excitement that I had for opening day, a little bit sucked out. I'm still excited to see what this team's able to do. Um, I just, I'm not confident now, come the trade deadline, that if they're sitting there in first place and they need a piece, that the front office is actually, this year, like they have in previous years, is going to be allowed to go out there and actually go get that piece. Yeah, and the last thing on this, and we'll get a quick break in here in a second, he's talking to average fans. Yeah. He's talking to the delivery truck driver. He's talking to people who work in insurance and people who work on docks and people who work with their hands and are welders and people that do all these different regular person jobs. Yeah. Guess what the regular person, guess who they don't feel sorry for? Him. The owner. The owner of the damn company that hasn't given you that 50 cent an hour raise that you've been asking for for the past two years. Yeah. That person. So... Paul, sorry, no one's going to feel sorry for you, even if you do have financial constraints. If you try to win and maneuver around what you have, uh, and that's it, period. And don't come out and say you're not going to keep your best player. He's Dale Ryder. I'm James Erpine. If you can't afford it, sell it. Plain and simple.
If you can't afford to keep the house and maintain the house, sell the damn thing. Plain and simple. It's fair. I hate to be that harsh and blunt, but that's what it comes down to. If you can't afford to maintain it, sell it. Plain and simple, because the team's worth three times what you paid for it. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Rapine. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Up next, we'll get to your questions. Also, a prediction for the 2019 season. Will the Tribe win the division for a fourth straight year? We'll discuss it next right here on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Daryl. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. Let's dive into some of these questions here. We got a mailbag going. Uh, the dangerous Daryl Ryder put it out there on Twitter at Ryder Wrong Fan at James Erpine on Twitter for me. What do we got? We I'm sure we yep. got some doozies. On yeah, Twitter. I'm gonna fire these off to you. You can answer them. Uh, of course, uh, you cover the ball club. You're gonna know these answers more than I am. So uh, Bryce asks, what's more likely to happen? Hanley Ramirez is on the playoff roster, or Danny Salazar on? The playoff roster. I would say Danny Salazar. I think because I, I think there are multiple scenarios where where Salazar contributes to this team in a big way. One would be returning and being healthy and contributing in the bullpen. I think that's the the most realistic one. Now, if they do make a trade before the deadline, and I don't think it's out of the question to think that they could trade Bauer, they could trade Kluber before the deadline. It would take. Um, a contending team that has uh, where the pieces match up, where they can add to your bullpen or they can add uh, to your outfield. But if that were to happen, then there's a rotation spot there. So I think there are multiple paths for Salazar, so I'll definitely say him. Uh, this is from Max. Uh, he says, what can the Tribe possibly do to win a World Series? Well, they're going to have to stay healthy, which they're off to a bad start there. The first thing is, is stay healthy. They're going to have to maximize their talents, their the margin for error in past years that they've had is no longer there. That's bullpen, the Tyler Clippert injury where he hurts his pec for the, the next couple of weeks. That's a big loss. Um, Ramirez dodged a bullet there. Hopefully Frankie comes back in the next couple of weeks, and then you need all those guys to stay healthy. You need your starting pitching to stay healthy. And then what you mentioned before we broke, the ownership needs to give the, the front office the green light, which they have in the past couple of years, the green light to go get it, go make moves, go get the guys that are available, even if it's for a half season, to make a run. If that happens with that rotation, the Indians still have a shot. I'll crush them for their comments and their PR. They're still, on paper, pretty darn good. Now, do they have holes all over? There's a lot of holes. But if that rotation stays healthy, the bullpen stays healthy, I think they can win the division again. I can. Not to me. That doesn't mean that the margin for error isn't there or, or, or isn't what it once was. Uh, they're also going to need some of these young guys to step up. Jake Bowers, I need to see some out of him. You're going to have to get something out of Carlos Santana. 
He's a little bit older now. If that happens, there's a path to it. I'm not going to say it's likely, but there is a path for the, the Indians to, to compete for a World Series this year. Okay, this is from T-Spain07 on Twitter. Which non-star player needs to have a big year for the Indians to secure the division and contend in the playoffs? All right, so which non-star? Yes, so let's non, ta- yeah, non-star. Let's it, take the stars out threw, of it. Yeah, he threw a couple names out there. He yeah. said Kipnis, Naquin, Bowers, other. So. Yeah, the, uh, those two are, are really good. So J.C. Kipnis, obviously, and he's dealing with a calf injury right now, probably um, going to be out for at least a week, up to 10 days, uh, until he resumes baseball activity. So that stinks. Bowers, naturally. He's the biggest. Honestly, I think he's the biggest acquisition of the offseason because not only do they expect him to contribute now, they expect him to be here for the next five, six years. He's 23 years old, second year in the majors, so they have high hopes for him. I'll give you another one, though. Leonis Martin. They need one of the – Greg Allen. They need one of these outfielders to be better. And Greg Allen's the better example, I would say, because he's not established. We know what Leonis Martin is. Uh, but, but Greg Allen is young. Uh, we know he brings a good glove. Can he bring some power to the plate? Can he be – more than just a fast guy who's a defensive specialist and be an everyday outfielder. That's my question for him. I mean, in the other one, and this is kind of like Hanley Ramirez, even though I think he has a little bit more left, Carlos Gonzalez. Can he give you 20 home runs? Can, can mm-hmm. he make not only make the roster, but give you 20 home runs and 75 RBI? If he could do that, uh, that would be a huge boost. So there are certainly guys there that can do it and have the potential are they going to get enough guys to step up and rise to the occasion? That's a big question for the Indians, but those are a few names. Excellent. Uh, this is from Jerry Weir at Grateful Clee on Twitter. Uh, similar to our earlier uh, discussion, uh, James, he says, should pro sports owners be required to open their books if they take money from taxpayers for stadium renovations? Yeah, I don't think uh, they should be able to take money from taxpayers for stadium anything anymore. I think that should be done. Seriously. If, if you want to build a new stadium or – renovate it I, I it's your business and that's just how i view it now ro- fli- ro- roads leading up to it and infrastructure making it accessible stuff like that we could discuss that but as far as like well, what if the building's owned in, by the taxpayers like progressive field and the qr how about that, that and, and of course First that's Energy true stadium so as well. so now you have these old stadiums that were funded and now you're going i would say no i i would say look the taxpayers have already paid their their portion. They're already okay. contributing. Now you're asking those taxpayers, who are still paying taxes, by the way, to attend your games, to watch your games, to support your product. So that's where – that's kind of the good PR spin to me. But, again, every every situation – and it really is complicated because I think one day it will be all owner-driven. And it's not going to be taxpayers pay for stadiums. I think we're getting close to that. So the transition there might be uh, might be a little complicated. Uh, I got to give little OU Mikey some love. <laughs> he had a, not a question, but uh, in response to my request for questions, he just tweeted at us, I'll enjoy him. Yeah. I, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty uh, solid yeah, stuff there. Well, that sucks. That sucks, man. I know. And it's not like, in take this for, I'm not going to be a, a poser or a liar here. I'm not an Indians fan, but that that's disheartening for me. I can only imagine if I've watched uh, Francisco Lindor over the past three years develop into one of the game's best, and the owner comes out and says, yeah, enjoy him now. Are you kidding? E- even if we knew that in the back of our minds, Paul, you don't say that, and you sure as hell don't say it after an offseason full of underwhelming moves. I, I just, it, 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 it annoys me that he went on record with that, and I've heard some people defend him, and it makes no sense. There's no reason to defend him there. 
Um, but but yeah, this Indians team to me, they have a, and we can get into our predictions here. And I'll I'll ask you, I I think they can be good. There's a path for them to still win the division. There's a path for them to who knows who knows what happens in the playoffs. Baseball is a funny game, right? When you have starting pitching, dominant starting pitching that hasn't shown up over the past couple of years, I understand why the Indians are like, all right, we need our starters to show up. We need Ramirez and Lindor to be those type of dudes in the playoffs. I get it. But I just I think that this is usually how and the Indians are trying to prevent this, but this is usually how the the runs end is you're hanging on. And you almost got there, you almost got there, you almost got there. Oh, the team still projects to be really good, and then boom, they win 75 games. Like I've I'm not saying that I'm gonna pre- predict for that to happen. But if I if they're an injury or two away where I could see that happening, and you're already seeing it. Like if if Lindor, let's say Lindor, and he's not going to be, but let's say he was out a month. Let's say Jose Ramirez was out eight to twelve weeks because he broke a a bone underneath his knee. It, again, X-rays were negative. They dodged that bullet. If something like that happens, Max Moroff, are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the depth just isn't there. So, what are your your general thoughts? And then we'll get into to predictions and well, record. before but I give you my general thoughts, I do yeah. have, I do have. One question for you, okay? Uh, you know, because we we've we've talked about you know concerns with the bullpen or the outfield or whatever. Who who's a player that you think will will pleasantly surprise us this year that could actually really help this team maybe overcome some of those areas we feel they're a little deficient? Is is there someone that you've you've observed from afar this spring that you think can be uh, a, a contributor significant enough to really? you know, help these guys get, get past, you know, the yeah, deficiencies yeah, yeah. in the outfield or the bullpen or whatever. Totally get what you're saying. Yeah, so I think Leonis Martin's being stepped uh, slept on a little bit. Okay. Like, I think he's a solid center fielder. He's not going to hit 300. He's not going to hit 40 home runs. No. But he's going to be a really good defensive center fielder. He's going to hit 260, 270 for you, and he's going to be capable at the plate. That's fine. Like, you can have those type of guys. As long as Santana stays healthy, as long as uh, Ramirez and Lindor stay healthy. But that's the one I, th- I think is most interesting is Carlos Santana. He was excited to come back to Cleveland. Probably one of the most underrated storylines this offseason in the Bowers deal because I was more excited about Bowers than Santana coming back. But he was excited to come home. Still had his home here. Like We, we always worry about athletes embracing Cleveland. He loves everything about it. Loves playing for the Indians. And so... When you're happy to go into work every day, and you you read the story where he, uh, with Philadelphia, he took the baseball bat to the, yeah. the TV. Because <laughs> they were playing Fortnite. Wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a sign that you're not happy at work. That That's yeah. part of it. Again, Fortnite probably pissed them off, but I bet you there were 32 different things that went into it that day that just rubbed Carlos the wrong way, and he just got mad and snapped. And we all do that. I don't think he's going to have that issue here. I think he's going to be relaxed, excited to be back on the field. I wouldn't be shocked if this is like his one outlier year where he puts up better numbers than he has over the past couple of seasons just because he's seen you know what it's like in Philadelphia what it's like in a place where he wasn't happy and now he gets to be happy again so I think that that's the one guy that we're sleeping on a little bit obviously he'll play first base and designated hitter but uh, I think he might put up bigger numbers than we expect Uh, I'm gonna say the Indians are gonna win 92 games this year That will be barely enough for them to win the division. Oh my god! And uh, people are going to hate me unless, unless they make a move at the trade deadline, and that's my caveat to my prediction because I'm I'm going with the 
ball club is presently constituted. And based on the comments from ownership, I have no reason to believe that they're going to make a significant move at the trade deadline. So uh, I, I say 92 wins. They win their fourth division title. But once again, for a third straight year, they are a division series exit. And they are a quick one. I'm going to say 87 wins. I just, there's too many question marks. I have question marks at first base. I have question marks in the outfield, all three spots. And I know I said some good things about them, but they're still question marks. And I think they're going to impress. But right now, I don't know what to expect from any of them. Uh, the middle of the infield now, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Even when Kipnis comes back, is he going to be good at second? Who knows? Lindor, how long does it take him to get to 100%? I have a question at catcher. I have a questionable bullpen. Question, 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 question. Not all of those answers are going to be good. 87 wins, still enough in the Central to squeak out past the Twins. I think the Twins finished with 84, 85 wins. So the Indians win the division. But, yeah, you're right. Barring a, a trade, barring a, a significant roster upgrade, and this assumes the starting pitching stays healthy, by the way, but barring that, I don't see this team making a playoff run. Are they better than the Yankees on paper? Nope. Are they better than the Astros? Nope. Are they better than the Red Sox? Definitely not. Okay. That, that's it. <laughs> so if, if that's your bar... Uh, and maybe they do end up impressing and surprising and play their tails off and win a, a, a postseason series or make a postseason run, but I just can't see it. So 87 wins, division title, fourth straight year, and that's it. Enjoy him. <laughs> He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. I think that's a good way to cap it. Enjoy him. Please do us a favor. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. You can subscribe there. You can subscribe on wherever you get your podcast, including Stitcher and Google Play. Also posted at 923thefan.com. For Daryl Ryder, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy baseball. We'll be back at it next week right here on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.